My brother's friend from childhood, he used to spend many hours in our home. He died、uh, on the battlefield and he spent just two and a half months in the army. He wasn't a military man. So it hurts. That's Ivanka Volkov sharing a story that many in Ukraine sadly know too well. Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and this is a special episode of the Great Stories podcast that we're posting earlier than usual. It's a conversation with a Christian Ukrainian couple who live in Israel, of all places. I met them on a trip there three years ago, and we reconnected on my most recent trip to the Holy Land. They aren't Jewish, but they're working there. He's a computer programmer. And since the war began, they haven't been able to go home, but their hearts are heavy for their homeland. One year into Russia's war with Ukraine, death is all around. The need of many still living in Ukraine, as well as others who have fled to neighboring countries, is still great. In fact, I'd like to invite you to help these struggling Ukrainian families by donating a meal box or more through Mission Eurasia. There's more about that on our website at haventoday.org. In short, we're asking everyone that hears this podcast to pray boldly and give boldly. During this ongoing humanitarian crisis. But now I think you'll be encouraged to hear from Ivanka and her husband, Alexei, as they share about their hope in Jesus and their prayers for their country as well as for Russia. We shared a portion of this interview on our daily Haven Today broadcast, but here is the conversation now in its entirety. This is Haven Today, and it's a most unusual conversation. We're in Israel, we're in Tel Aviv, and I'm Charles Morris, and I want to introduce you to a couple that I met about three years ago. And I'm with them now in Tel Aviv, and they are from Ukraine.、Uh, their last name is Volkov, and、uh, there is Ivanka. And、uh, Ivanka, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Charles. It's a great joy and honor for us to be with you, to be talking with you. I, I know it's not easy to have this conversation, but I think it's an important conversation. And let me introduce your husband. His name is Alexei. Alexei, welcome to the program. <laughs> Hi, Charles. Nice to meet <laughs> very, you again. They've been working on saying Charles properly, and I think they're <laughs> very good. And if you can't tell, Ivanka's been an English teacher, and that's what she got her degree in. And、uh, Alexei is a computer programmer, and he works in Tel Aviv for a software development company. Let's start with you, Ivanka.、Mm -hmm. I first met you guys in church three right, years ago right. in Israel. It's a long time You're ago. You're not Jewish, are you? No, we are pure Gentiles. <laughs> You're pure Gentiles, goyim, as they say.、Uh, and you have two little girls, right? Right.、Uh, they are 12 and 8 years old. And they are very、old. sweet, I'll tell our audience.、Uh, Thank you. Thank、yes. you. Let's talk about your family history, your、mm -hmm. story. I'm having you on, of course, because you are a follower of Jesus.、Mm -hmm. But、um, tell me about what, what, are, what is your background? And,、uh, and, and just share that with our listeners. And then, and then we'll have Alexei tell his story too. Thank you so much. It's a privilege to be able to tell my story. I'm just one human being in a big world. 
So it is a big privilege to have other people take their time to listen to my life story. Mm. Um, I was born in uh, Ukraine, uh, in Western Ukraine, that's mm -hmm. uh, close to Poland and Belarus. Yes. And uh, I was born into a typical Orthodox family. Uh, so uh, from childhood, I knew the Orthodox um, traditions and uh, my grandmother prayed a lot. I saw her pray a lot. Um, she had a hard life and uh, that led her to prayer. To go a little bit back in time, mm -hmm. uh, my grandmother, she lived through the Second World War. Mm -hmm. uh, they had bombs um, falling around their house. And uh, like two years after the end of the Second World War, uh, their family was forcefully moved to Siberia by mm -hmm. uh, the Soviet Union authorities. Uh, because their family was linked to Ukrainian resistance movement. Mm. And uh, the way it worked that uh, there was no prior notification. The authorities just came to their house. They told them that uh, like in two or three hours they need, need to leave their home. My grandmother was, um, was 20 at the time. Mm. And so they were put on cargo trains. Mm. That was already uh, second half of fall. And the temperatures... So it was getting cold. Yeah. Getting, and winters are very severe in Siberia and also Ukraine. Right, right. So they were sent to um, Siberia. That's like a week-long travel in a cargo train. Mm. And when I was a little girl, my grandma would tell me... Um, stories about that a little bit but as a child i didn't Quite pay that understand. much attention to them but sure now i would be so happy and honored if i had a chance to ask more and learn more mm. so my um grandmother and her sister and their mom they were taken to a place where they were uh forced to work in mines coal mines mm. like digging for coal and that's what she did for many years and um, only in about 20 or 25 years they were allowed to return back to ukraine uh, from siberia so my grandmother she was uh, a woman of prayer i often saw her praying and my grandfather, he had a similar story. Um, he was 15, and uh, his father was also in the uh, resistance movement. And the KGB of that time, uh, they killed my great-grandfather and uh, together with other men, and they put their uh, bodies on the village square. And the relatives were afraid to come by to pick up the body because the KGB of that time they were watching to identify mm. who the relatives were. Mm. But eventually they also were identified and so um, their mom and two brothers, my grandfather was 15, he was also forcefully evicted to Siberia. Also everything was taken away. Mm. So um, the pain of knowing that was also a shaping force in my life as well. Of course, as a child, you you take it differently. But over time, um, I 
I came to realize more and more what it felt like. And these stories are, are so hard for people in the West to imagine because most of us have read or seen movies of World War II, but what your relatives went through in the former Soviet Union uh, was really hidden from mm -hmm. the rest of the world, wasn't it? Right. Uh, well, it was basically forbidden to bring that up. Mm. And I do not think that Ukrainian people had ways of really bringing that up to the international community. Sure. So uh, I was growing up as a child in the post-Soviet um, Union world. I was born mm. in 1985. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was just like six when the Soviet Union collapsed. Mm -hmm. And these were hard times uh, financially. My family also struggled. Uh, so uh, I know what mm. it's like to live with little. Mm. Uh, and uh, I know what it feels like to have no hope for the future mm. because mm. I never had hope of even going to university because I knew my family had no money for university. And my parents also got divorced. Uh, so um, when I was about 15, a friend invited me to a Christian youth club. It was from a Baptist church. But since my parents were divorced and busy with problems of life, they didn't mm. care that much that it was Baptist church. Because at that time, it was associated with some cult mm. in that post-Soviet Union. Like the Baptist. Orthodox thought it would be right. a cult. Right. Yes. Uh, but uh, there I met people who were radiant, uh, who had a purpose in life, young people, and um, people I wanted to be like, people I wanted to be with. And at first I would just really be happy to be with them. Mm -hmm. Over time I um, came to understand a bit more that I needed salvation. I remember a pastor asking me, if I died, and uh, would I be sure that I would be with God in eternity and not mm -hmm. separated from God because of my sins under God's uh, wrath? And that really made me think. And uh, I remember that I was hesitant to come up front like for a prayer of repentance in the church. Uh, but I remember the evening when I really cried out to God and uh, prayed and maybe even cried. Yeah. What changed after that, it, well, I did not put my trust only in emotions, but what changed after that is I remember that I got a thirst to read God's word. I remember staying up into the late hours of the night. I was still a high schooler at the mm -hmm. time. 15, 16, and I would read through Revelation, mm. and it was really drawing me into, not just Revelation, but I, I knew that I had no hope for my future in myself, in my circumstances, but that was, that was like the beginning. <laughs> mm. Mm. What a journey you've had. And now you're raising your daughters in the faith, and, and you and your husband together are both followers of Jesus. And with that in mind, why don't you pass the microphone over to Alexei? Of course. 
you've got a different story, Alexi. Uh, uh, even though you ended up in Ukraine, you mm-hmm. didn't start there, did you? Yes, I was born in Russia, actually in the far east of Russia, somewhere next to China. So I'm joking. That Some... sounds like a cold winter. It is. It is. Actually, when I was a few weeks old, I've got to uh, the hospital with the inflammation of my lungs. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So my parents were afraid to, to, to lose me. Uh, if I were your parent, I would have been afraid yeah. as a young baby to have lost you. Right? Yeah, because they had they oh. had a baby a year before me and they oh. lost it oh, after, I see. after after she was born. Okay. So I was born there, but I don't remember this place because when I was three, my family moved to Ukraine. Uh, my father, he served in the Soviet army. Mm-hmm. And his position was basically responsible for the political education and, like, in general, behavior of the soldiers. What did that mean? Was he in intelligence? It it, it depends <laughs> on the type of, of a type of the of the forces, but in his case, it was like uh, teaching the the soldiers of how to be a good man and good, okay. being good men in those times were like meaning to be a communist and and to be uh, like loyal to your country though i know for sure my father was not really big believer in that hmm. uh, so because one of the things in soviet union this d- generation of who were born after the World War II and grew up their entire life in in world in 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 the Soviet Union, they were seeing all this uh, like double standards and that what is spoken it means nothing. And give me an example of a double standard. Um, like official propaganda were saying we are. Uh, peaceful we're for peace we are like where we want to bring peace to entire world okay. but but the reality was com- completely opposite it wasn't the truth yes or like uh, <laughs> uh tv were explaining like hey we've got a great progress in a, in an economy we've got huge achievements we did our five-year plan in four years we're super successful but you go to 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 a to a store and you can't find there any basic things or you have to stay along line to buy simple stuff like milk or or Mm. or or like no no meat Mm. okay okay Uh, and your father did he have any faith at all other than uh, kind of not really believing in the communist government of the Soviet Union? I don't think so. Back those days, he he, he, he had a... You mean faith in Christ? Or, yeah, or believing in a god or anything? Um, he told me when he... When I was aged about two or three, mm-hmm. he, he's got asthma because the climate there uh, on this far east is pretty severe. And... Mm-hmm. and his job was going to the rocket mines, or how it's called, mm-hmm. uh, to serve there. Uh, so under, under the ground, mm-hmm. 
so he got asthma and he was uh, thinking that he's going to die. Mm. And uh, he said he prayed mm. because he like, okay, but that's probably the state of most of of, of the people on those days, they are, they're not believing that much, but if something is happening, okay, maybe God is there, I don't know, I will pray to him. But mm. for sure, God is, 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 is there for them. So when I was three, uh, my family moved to Ukraine, to mm -hmm. the West, and it was two or three years be before the Soviet Union collapsed. Mm -hmm. And uh, from one perspective, it was a way for my father to get a better uh, position. From another perspective, usually uh, Soviet Union considered those uh, uh, Russian officers going to different countries of, 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 of Soviet Union just to make mix everybody up so mm. they they would have more like controlled forces over the over the the soviet union so that's was this kind of situation um my parents uh they were not in good relationships with each other mm. so they were about to divorce uh i i still remember their like conflicts uh mm -hmm. Uh, they were not fighting, but it was like uh, loud conflicts. Mm. Uh, but then my mother somehow he found uh, Christians. He found a job in some charity, a Christianish like charity organization, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, she met uh, believers there, and she uh, she met Jesus. Mm. Uh, she repented mm. and uh, uh, she was baptized. Mm -hmm. And then uh, next year, next year, my father came to faith as well mm. and uh, was also baptized. And I remember this, basically, I would sum it up that Jesus in this specific time just saved their marriage like mm -hmm. in in the right time he saved their marriage mm -hmm. uh otherwise it would be a, 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 a broken home uh, so i was six or seven when they became christians mm -hmm. and for me it was a nice time uh, also going to church every sunday uh uh, playing Lego in uh, Sunday school. <laughs> I didn't have Lego at home, so it was a nice place to play Lego. <laughs> Though you had to learn uh, Bible verses, and I was not really understanding why should I learn those. Uh, mm, I, you'd rather I, play Lego. <laughs> I, yeah, I barely understand the meaning of those words. Why should I learn them? Um, and and but 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 my parents they were at the beginning of their, I would say. Uh, faith journey so okay. after being in one church they decided to move to another one then to another to, to another one to another one mm -hmm. so over the course of five years they mm -hmm. probably went to each and every church mm -hmm. in, in 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 our city both orthodox catholic protestant all different sorts and tastes but their faith was still growing during this I, yes. Time. So in, when I was nine, and they were they were still like 
looking for their own community. I was in a kids summer camp mm-hmm. and, and I repented there, though the motivation was kind of mixed, but I believe it was a first uh, thoughtful step for me to, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then, then when I were growing older, I remember next step when I was 13, I realized much deeper my, yes. my, my sinfulness and that I need a savior. And they were praying and making some decisions. Then when I was 16, I had even more deeper mm. realization mm-hmm. of, 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 of the gospel and of, of, of God's heart. And when I was 17, I got baptized. Uh, so I can't tell a certain day and time when I got saved. Uh, there are a lot of us that can't. Yes. Tell you that. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. you knew at some point of course. I belong to Jesus. Of course. Of course. Yes. Yeah. I believe it's just a growing in faith. Hey, I'm an old man. I'm still growing in my faith. Like I told you earlier, I'm in a I'm a recovering Pharisee. So oh we, we all are. We all it, are. It's incredible. Uh, because especially, you know, to hear your story, Lexi, and then we heard Ivanka's story of how the Lord speaks in another part of the world in a way many of our listeners, myself especially, would not even dream of understanding. But let's move the clock forward now. Uh, We won't go into all the details of why you're in Israel and not back in Ukraine, but the Lord spared you and your family from being there when the war broke out. It was some little disease named COVID. But um, I know because we've talked on the phone before we've met, right now your hearts are just heavy every single day for what's going on back home. It's affected your family. It's affecting your friends. Um what are you praying right now? What are you? What What is your hope for your homeland? And and even though you were born in Russia, you consider Ukraine your homeland. You're not teaching your daughters Russian. You're teaching them Ukraine by homeschooling them in Israel. Yeah. Yes. First of all, we're praying for peace. Uh, that this war and this this uh, horror will end soon. We pray for our defenders, for the army. We pray, pray for the authorities, for the president, and for all who make decisions mm-hmm. uh, this or that way, because they are very important, and sometimes they are critical and crucial. We pray for for our friends who are in some of them are in front lines, uh, though not. All of them had any military training, but they were called to to the army and they are serving there. We are praying for our families, of course, so that God will provide them comfort and 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 peace, and they the there will be no danger for their lives. Mm. Uh, we pray for Russians, though this prayer is probably is changing over time. Sometimes we pray so that God would just stop them, no matter what. Sometimes we pray so God would uh, give them some repentance, if it's possible. 
we are praying and thankful for all those who who help in Ukraine uh, from other countries, mm -hmm. uh, Poland, Germany, States, uh, Great Britain, uh, all different countries. I can cannot name them all. Like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia, like a lot of help, a lot of support. And it's like fascinating to see how people in Europe accepting Ukrainian refugees, uh, mm -hmm. like we, we will be fore forever grateful for that. And we pray so that God would pay them back a hundred times more. Ivanka. Um, well, though we are physically in Israel now and our little girls are here too, uh, emotionally we are very much in Ukraine. We have gotten a lot more gray hairs over <laughs> these past nine months. Mm. And it is very personal. A few weeks ago, um, my brother's friend from childhood, he used to spend many hours in our home. He died uh, on the battlefield mm. uh, under Bakhmut. It's one of the hotspots now. And he spent just two and a half months in the army. He wasn't a military man. So it hurts. Uh, it's very personal and... Uh, we are praying for a miracle, for m many miracles. Um, there have already been many miracles because everyone was saying that our capital will fall within a few days after the invasion. And it's been a miracle what has happened. Going on a year and it's heavy winter. Yes. You showed me a picture of a friend of yours from your home church, which you still consider your home church in right. Kiev, the right. capital. Just describe that picture that you showed me on your phone. Um, yes, uh, these are dear friends of ours. Um, and actually, it's just one family, but there are a few similar families who are expecting babies now at this mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And uh, this specific family, uh, the girl is almost nine months pregnant. She's Any almo moment almost from me looking at the size of her of her belly right and she shared a picture of her reading her bible um with a flashlight or some solar lamp or some lamp battery uh lamp and uh, she wrote that there is no heating uh no electricity and no running water in their apartment building and it's and in ukraine it's freezing mm. and uh well they are putting their trust in God, and her uh, husband has been doing a lot uh, to evacuate uh, people from the south and the east. He's always on the road, always delivering help or um, pulling, pe pulling people out of the uh, hot spots where there's like shelling. Uh, and they are putting their trust in God, that God will... Uh, put them through, take mm. them through this harsh winter. But we are very burdened. Um, it, it'll take a miracle for our country to survive this winter. Uh, it reminds me so much of uh, the genocide that is part of Ukrainian history. That, And this year, it's 90 years since it happened. Mm. There was a big artificial hunger uh, that was 
created by the Soviet Union that uh, out of the grain basket of Europe, pretty much all the grain was taken out and uh, the authorities were going from house to house, breaking walls to see if there's any grain hidden in mm. the walls or mm. digging in the garden to see if the people hid any bread or grain in the garden to starve people. And there are different estimates, but... Uh, not counting the generation which wasn't born. A few mil million children were not born because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but according to different estimates, four to um, 10 million Ukrainians have died in years 1932-1933 because of what happened. So these days we are um, lighting a candle. It's a tradition in our country. Mm -hmm to light a candle and put it on the windowsill to remember the, this great artificial uh, famine Holodomor. And uh, we've been doing that for the last two days. Mm. And I'm praying for a miracle so another genocide like this will not happen. Because when you have uh, millions of people, especially in cities, who do not have ovens, um, and it, it can get to minus 20 Celsius in Ukraine. Mm. Really, really. And then when you have no power, it means you don't just have heat. You have no running water either. Right, right. No running water. No heating, no electricity. So it can be another genocide. And we know from history that it's possible. So I am praying that it wouldn't happen. Mm. Yeah. I hope everybody listening is praying that that doesn't happen. You're followers of Jesus. You've been on your knees in prayer, hard prayer, for almost a year now. Is there a place where you found resonating in your heart when you go to Scripture? Um, I think for um, many Ukrainians, uh, the book of Psalms mm, um, yes. has been... Uh, continuous support in these days because it is so genuine and now we are also pouring our hearts out to God and are asking how long oh Lord how long will the enemy prevail over us uh, show your power and glory and step in for us the book of Psalms has been really sustaining for Ukrainian yes. Christians and Especially for us personally. Especially the lament psalms that you're right. speaking of. Uh, Alexei, has God been using his word to speak to you and your heart during the war? I would, I, I would say the same, the, the psalms. I was just wanted to add that if before I was reading psalms, I was thinking, hey, David, it's like, it's, it, it's not that... Uh, uh, good of you to say those words against your enemies mm. and and, mm. and 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 everything. It's not that mature. Like you have to be like more grown up uh, mm. uh, a mm. believer. Uh, and and then I realize no, it's 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 completely relevant and completely uh, right for the time and for the situation. The and psalms were written for every generation exactly. every age exactly, yeah. and they can be applied yeah, in ways yeah. like in ukraine yeah. just like they can be 
prayed in Israel or Mm -hmm. Canada or the United States, anywhere in the world. Yeah, some of the things you just realize deeper when just when 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 you don't see the justice and you're praying for that god how long how long Mm -hmm. especially this passage i don't remember this by heart but this passage from from the revelation is very dear to me uh when these souls of christians who were uh, killed uh, because they were uh, sharing the gospel because the of the gospel martyrs yes they 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 are, they are still crying to lord like how long mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that's fascinating that's like that's that's very close so this limit lamentations psalms and uh, also uh the book of lamentations itself mm-hmm. also very close and dear and I, I never saw that much deepness as before as now in the, in those words. So it's taken on a whole new meaning to both yeah. of you then since the war broke out. Yes, definitely. Wow. I must tell everyone listening that um, when we were talking in the early days of the war, Ivanka, you were part of the social media effort uh posting telling stories telling what was really going on so that the russian counter internet influence call it whatever you want would not prevail you were doing that a lot but there were thousands of you doing that weren't you weren't there i understand that over time people get tired of news uh, because there are so many happy things happening in the world and some people stop reading the news yes uh but we also realize that this is not just our battle ukraine against russia it's um it's a battle for values for the kind of world we want to live in is it the kind of world where weapons shells uh, missiles uh, nuclear bombs decide who will uh, dictate what will be happening in the world or can we stand united and uh, stop the evildoers and strengthen the hands of those who seek to uphold peace and justice? So I was uh, trying to, and I'm still trying to uh, share little glimpses into our, uh, into the life of our nation, and. Uh, what the people are truly going through, not just from the news, uh, but uh, the things we know which are true, uh, like being Ukrainian, uh, knowing who we are, knowing our nation. Mm. Um, I do not know if many people read that, still read my updates, because it's heavy. It's mm. hard to mm-hmm. live in another person's sufferings for a long time. It drains on you, and some people might want to block out it's natural it's hard to carry but you feel you need to keep sharing the reality of what's going on in your homeland yes at least a little glimpses so people are uh, because people in well there is a lot of need in the world not just in ukraine and sometimes people in the rich world uh, they get tired of all the news and they block themselves from these news, from news uh, mm-hmm. coming from Somalia with, uh, they had like a quarter of a million of 
people died and this famine in Somalia now so many the same number of people can die or in Nigeria where they have uh, just our fellow brothers and sisters being slaughtered mm. or Af like sheep slaughtered like sheep or uh, Afghanistan where there are these children child brides and the rich world has a lot of resources a lot of access and people who live in the rich world and we are currently in the rich world in sure. Israel yes uh, people start thinking that it's just normal life how having all these excesses like uh, expectancy vacations and uh, everything you know uh, and but there's our power is in sharing and caring like the early church when there was hunger and need in one church the other churches stepped in so those who had Uh, much didn't have too much and those who had little didn't have too little and I firmly believe that uh, God provides us uh, more not to increase our level of living but to mm -hmm. increase our level of giving mm. I hope that uh, this will also always be a culture in our family and in our children's lives that uh, we don't pursue um, luxury But uh, I hope that we and our children always have the hearts to uh, know that there are those who are less fortunate and there are ways to uh, reach them and bless them and uh, alleviate the need and the poverty and whatever needs come up in the world. Absolutely. Uh, Alexei, when you and I first were talking on the phone after the war broke out, you ran actually a half marathon in protest and in support of your home country, Ukraine. You have joined thousands of Ukrainian Jews uh, and marched around uh, the embassy uh, here. You want to add anything to what Ivanka told us a moment ago? Yeah, it's a part of raising the awareness so that uh, the world would and should know what's what's happening and uh, to be reminders, to be like reminders to the world, like it's still happening. It's, it's not over. Yeah, we're tired. It's already many months of the war. Um, but it but it's still there uh we don't have that much big protests uh here in in israel anymore though we had it a few weeks ago in in jerusalem next to the prime minister residency just just to shout out and say hey please help ukraine mm -hmm. israel you can mm -hmm. but now it's the situation is changing and it seems israel is more open to to help ukraine in this or that way um but we still we still want to keep reminding there is war there is war and i would i completely agree agree what ivanka said it's not about ukraine uh against russia or russia against ukraine it's about it it's about the one world against another world in which world we want to live in Uh, what what kind of values should and could prevail. And you're saying this as a Christian. Yes. Who even when we started talking, you said, we pray for Russia and yeah. Russians. 
yeah. as well. And when Scripture says, love your enemies, it's hard. It is. It yeah. Is. I think we should pray. We've heard your life stories. We've talked about what's going on with the war in Ukraine almost a year going on, and it was supposed to only last a week. I think God's been at work, but I think there's more work for Christians to do. So why don't we pray? And could I ask both of you, as a husband and wife, under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, would you both just pray together right now and lead us, our listeners, and me in prayer, please? Go, go, go ahead, and then just, just uh, pray as the Lord leads you to pray. Dear God, you are the king of this world and you are master of everything and you hold in the, our lives and the entire world, the entire world in your hands. We are asking you, please um, help Ukraine now. Please use this situation and this war in a way that something good might come out of this. We know there are already many good things and you are doing that and many things we don't know. But we're praying that more people will hear about you and will find you and they will they would realize their need for you, especially in all the situation when the life is so fragile. So they would mm. find you. Um, Lord, thank you that we can turn to you in prayer in this time of need for our nation. Um, Lord, we are in need to see your power and glory uh, in the midst of our people. You have already made miracles, have already done miracles for uh, our people uh, that we are still standing and we haven't fallen. Uh, Lord, sustain our people to survive through this uh, harsh winter with the blackouts, with no heating and electricity and water, especially in the big cities. Uh, Lord, have mercy on uh, the elderly people who would rather stay and die in their homes than leave into uh, the unknown. Mm. Lord, mm. bless the disabled people mm. uh, who are so dependent on care and medication. Lord, have mercy on those people who are still under occupation and need to hide in basements uh, from mistreatment of the occupiers. Lord, we need you to step in and do more miracles. We are crying out mm. to you mm. and... Uh, please uh, hear our prayers. Mm. Dear God, we are praying also for for your church in different countries in Ukraine, first of all, and in other countries in Europe and the States, that it might use this opportunity to to serve more, to serve more people who is in the need, uh, physical or most of all in this spiritual um, please help our brothers and sisters to be 
generous and sacrificial um, and to be real light and salt in this world. I really thank you for all those Christians that I see they're just pouring their life uh, for the people around them and serving them uh, in all different ways, uh, feeding them, giving them food and uh, um, some place to sleep and uh, clothes and buying them things and even some of the Christians are on the front lines. Uh, thank you for your church and please give the church even more opportunities and desire to serve. Lord, uh, protect also our young men and old men on the front lines. Uh, we know that many of them are the best ones from from the nation, the, the worthiest ones, and so many of their uh, lives are lost. It breaks our hearts, Lord, to understand uh, how many young and old men are dying. Lord, it also breaks our hearts to know how many Russian men who are coming to kill us, uh, how many of them are dying, uh, thousands for no purpose. And, oh Lord, please step in and uh, we need you so much. Uh, please give wisdom uh, to the leaders of our country, uh, to everyone who is making decisions. Give them insight, give them humility, give them good advisors, give them courage, give them endurance and strength. Help us to uh, see what else we can do to help out. And uh, we need you, Lord. Mm. We pray this now in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, King Jesus, the strong one. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. And I also want to thank Ivanka and Alexei Volkov for speaking with me about their hopes, their fears regarding the war in their homeland. Would you pray about how you can help families still struggling in Ukraine and neighboring countries? For $50, you can send a meal box that feeds a family of five for a week. These meal boxes are also accompanied with a copy of God's Word. You can make that gift at haventoday.org. And you can be confident that every dime of your gift goes towards those meal boxes. We don't take out a handling fee. And if you want to hear more content like this, subscribe to where you get your podcasts. And if you appreciated this episode, help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. You can also go to haventoday.org and sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on the blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Mm -hmm.